Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to All the Things with Shanna Saint. I'm happy to have you guys listening in today. And uh, you know what? I just had this thought occur to me as I'm talking with a friend via text. And and I don't even know where this thought is going to land. But I just thought, I gotta talk this out. I gotta get this understanding because... Sometimes, oftentimes, let's go there, (laughs) we ask God for something or we perhaps expect that God is going to handle a certain situation in a certain way. And this is not a fault because we do see a way that would be good, right? We do see, man, it would be great if this behavior ended. Maybe it's with our children, you know. Um, my kid lies all the time, so God help them not to lie, you know, and, and to us, it would be wonderful if they just stopped lying because that's the issue, right? That's the behavior. That's the thing. You know, they, they make this mistake. They they have poor choice of friends, help them to choose better and be wise about it. And to us, the answer to that prayer is that they suddenly choose better friends and, I'm afraid that the answer to that prayer is not what we think that it is. And so what happens? Because sometimes, sometimes the answer to the prayer does come about in a way that makes sense to us, right? Um, My husband and I, you know, there would be certain things that I felt like we couldn't really talk about. Um, There were things that I just thought, you know, God, anytime I try to broach this conversation, it doesn't go the way that I want it to. So I need you to talk to him. Okay. And that was what I wanted. God, you talk to him and you deal with it and 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 let me know how it goes right that was really my take on it and i'll never forget on more than one of more than one occasion god has spoken to my husband in a dream so my husband will have a dream wake up in the middle of the night wake me up and say hey um i just dreamt this and i feel like you know you know we fought over this and and we never um we never, I never apologized or we never came to like an end or, or I feel like I was wrong when I said that things that maybe in the past we had fought over and we didn't come to, you know, like a, a, a real closure. And I decided that in some ways I was just going to say, okay, God, you gonna have to get, you gonna have to get that figured out because I, I just know I'm going to, I'm too emotional about it (laughs) And, and he's too emotional about it and we're just going to fight. And so, and so those prayers I can specifically look at and say, God literally spoke to my husband like I asked him to. My husband literally woke up and maybe apologized for something or wanted to open up a conversation about something that I thought we couldn't talk about. And God answered me in the way that I, I really felt like he would because God absolutely talks to my husband while he's asleep absolutely will tell him or show him something and and it's just on more than one occasion that Aaron will say man I had this dream and then boom we see what the dream was about happen on the news or we see things like that and so I knew that God was able to and I knew that that it was possible and um and it happened in the way that I expected it but what happens when the way that we expect a prayer to be answered and it's like a legit no reason God shouldn't just answer this prayer, right? What if I'm what if I'm in the right? What if I'm doing everything that I can? And I ask God for this one thing. And and I trust him and I have faith and it doesn't happen 
at all how I envisioned it happening. What if I ask, you know, God, help my kid, um, you know, just just understand this thing or, or, or stop talking like this or, or stop desiring this music. And I think that 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 one topical issue will actually fix it. And that if God could just come through and answer that one thing that I would, that it would be right. But I, I feel like, and I believe with all my heart that God sees, man, he sees so much deeper than we do. And he understands so much more than we understand. And he knows if I just keep your kid from lying, that I'm not really dealing with something at the very root of the issue that can actually only ever be dealt with if your child lies enough to lose friends, lies enough to get caught and embarrassed in a lie, lies enough to get into real big trouble because God created each and every one of us and he knows what's going on on the inside. He knows what it takes to get us the clay on the wheel, right? To stop being so rigid. He knows how much pressure it takes to break us and And I believe that he is gentle and he gives us so many opportunities to turn from maybe the error of our ways and get things right. But he alone knows the pressure it's going to take to finally see us like for real break down into something that can be molded. Because if you think about the clay, like if it's a pot and I'm trying to break it into something that I can remake. I mean, like, it can't just be broken. It's got to be moldable. I've got to be able to, like, knock this thing in and move it and change it. And so maybe sometimes we become, we become broken a little bit. And, and you know what, that, that side of this pot, you know, the handle of the pot, you know, you're right, Lord, that handle was out of control. So I'll surrender to you the handle, break the handle. I got caught in a mistake and, um, break that part of me. Let's fix it and make it better. But God is saying, okay, you know, the handle was definitely very clearly crooked. It was obviously out of whack, but the handle's connected to the rest of this pot. And this whole pot's got to be remade because if I put that handle back on the pot, the pot's uneven, so the handle's going to end up crooked again. And God sees this as the master creator, as our potter, and we are the clay. He sees, I mean, I can put you back together. But until we do something about this foundation, until we do something about what's happening at the core of you, you're just going to keep having the crooked handle. You're just going to keep having this little blemish or this little bump because there's, a, there's an air pocket in there that you can't see. But I know that the reason that this is a little bit uneven over here is because we got to get in there and, and burst that thing. We got to get in there and do some surgery. And I believe that God sees things on a level that we don't see. And while it doesn't make sense why our prayer isn't answered the way that we think it ought to be answered, God is actually answering it the way it ought to be answered. And if we are praying and we are faithful and we can trust that he is sovereign over something, sovereign over everything, sovereign over that thing that we're asking him to do, then then we will see him be glorified. Now, it's not going to look how we thought. I immediately think of, of Abraham being promised you know, all these promises and the blessings of Abraham. And yet he doesn't get to enter the promised land. Like seriously, he doesn't get to go into the promised land. This was like his promise. This was the thing that, that all, you know, God, he's going to give you a son in your old age and, and holy cow, God came through on so many things. And yet this promised land 
that was spoken of is never something that he even gets to attain, but his people get to attain it. Can we be okay if the answer to our prayer isn't for us to see, but it's it's for generations to come to see and to walk in? I would love it. I'd love it if I got to walk in all the things I ask God to do. I would love it. I had a brother who had cerebral palsy all of his life. And we prayed and asked God to heal him. And I would have loved to have gotten to know him. Not in the state that that I knew him in. I would have loved to have seen Nikki healed. And I would have loved to have walked with him. And I was mad when he died. (laughs) When he died, still having cerebral palsy. When he, you know, developed sepsis and they told us that he was going to have to be on hospice care. There was nothing that they could do. And we watched him pass. I was super mad at God because I thought I wanted to see this a different way. I asked for something and you didn't deliver. I asked for something and it didn't happen. And I know that we all have at least one thing in our life like that. That we go, man, you didn't do what I thought you were going to do, God. Look at how much glory could have been brought to you if he would have walked, if he would have talked. Like, we can map it out. We can see it. And the Bible even says there is a way that seems right to a man. But God has an understanding that we don't have. And there's a reason. There's a reason why Nikki passed away at the age that he did, in the condition that he did. There's a reason that he was brought into the world in the way that he was. I don't believe that that was God's original intention. I believe that that the original intention we saw in the book of Genesis in the garden and that there was a fall and sin entered into the world. And I believe that we still see the effects of sin every single day. And I believe that we have an opportunity to walk in a different light and in a different understanding that we're not under that curse any longer. But that, that stuff is still prevalent in our society. There is still sin in our world and we are born into sin. And so I don't think that that the way Nikki lived his life was the way God had hoped for or had wanted from the beginning. But he's such a gentleman that he's not going to just force us. Like we're not robots, you know? And so God allows us to make choices. And in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve made choices. And those choices are still affecting us to this day. And God always gives us an opportunity. I've been reading in the book of Jeremiah. And I read about how Jeremiah the prophet foretold i mean for years his ministry was to tell judah to turn back to god to repent of their ways and in the 36th chapter god says write down everything write down everything that i've told you put it in a book write it down so that maybe my people will read it and read what's impending like the doom that's going to come babylon is going to capture Judah, I have decided it. I'm not changing my mind. There is an expected end for this rebellious nation and they're going to be in captivity. And it's only in the captivity that they'll be able to be humbled. Period. Period. Only in the captivity, only in the complete loss will they be able to be humbled. God knew that. But in that process, he said they can have an option. They can surrender. They can humble themselves and surrender to the Chaldeans, surrender to Babylonian captivity. And if they'll do that, I'll protect them. Surrender and and your city won't be burned. Your temples won't be burned. It won't be destroyed 
if you'll just surrender. Babylon is coming. Okay? It's going to happen. If you'll surrender, if you'll just lay down arms, if you'll just give up this futile attempt that I can make it on my own, I don't need nobody's help, I don't have to do it any other way, if you will surrender, I'll protect you. I'll protect your things. I have a plan for you. Part of my plan is this captivity. Can you handle that? Can you handle the fact that part of God's plan is the captivity? Part of the plan is the struggle. Part of the plan is being humbled because it seems like, and they almost thought that they got their answer. Hey, uh, the king who was who was a wimp. I mean, this dude folded whoever came up to talk to him. If it was Jeremiah, he folded Jeremiah's way. If it was the princess, he folded their way. Whoever was talking to him at the moment is who this king was just, okay, let's do that then. Okay, well, never mind. Let's, let's do this then. But he never had the courage to stand up and say, I'm going to do what I know to be right and what I believe, either one way or the other. He really never stood up for anything. And in the end, he fell, just like it was prophesied. But at one point in time, he goes to Jeremiah and, and he says, hey, uh, pray that our God, pray that the Lord our God, Ha ha, funny, funny. Okay, so this dude does not love the Lord. <laughs> but he says, pray that the Lord our God will uh, protect us. And so what happens is that as the Babylonians are on their way, the Egyptians are coming up the other way, possibly to protect Judah, right? And so the Babylonians bypass Judah and they go to fight the Egyptians. Well, oh, answer to prayer. All the prophets who had been saying that everything was going to be all right, that the captivity would be short or that we would win the battle. Those guys were right. And Jeremiah has been crazily wrong this whole time. He's the only one who's saying anything opposite. He's the only one who's saying something that, you know, we've been disobedient. He's the only one who's really challenging us to do better or challenging us to do something that doesn't feel easy. And so here's this answer to prayer. Oh, exactly what we wanted. Here come the Egyptians. Here comes somebody else to fight the battle for us. Ah, yay. Here comes an escape. Here comes a way out. And we don't even have to change anything. Wouldn't that just be lovely? Doesn't that just sound fantastic? But the answer to your prayer would be somebody else having to do something that instead of having to work harder, that you'll just win the lottery. Really, I think that we... (laughs) How many times do we pray that? Lord, I just need to win the lottery. No, no. That's probably not the answer to your prayer. That's probably not the answer to your issue. If your issue is is something to do with finances, then maybe God is asking you to uh, look at finances differently. Maybe he's asking you to, I don't know, tithe, give an offering, to not hold on tightly to your money, to manage your money wisely, to be a giver. Like, But instead we think, well, if God would just let me win the lottery. And I feel like that's what the Judeans thought right then. <gasps> we just won the lotto. We just won the big ticket and here they go. They're going to go. The Egyptians are going to come to our rescue and we actually don't have to change anything at all. Wouldn't that just be lovely? But, but their handle was crooked more so than just the handle. The whole pot was crooked. The whole thing sitting on the table was a disaster and God meant to destroy it so that he could rebuild it. That was, that was God's real plan. So when he went and asked Jeremiah to pray, Jeremiah prayed. And it seemed like the crisis was averted, but Jeremiah never changed his tune. And he told them what God has decided is final. Give up now because Babylonian captivity is not out of the question. They're coming. They're going to come back. I've seen it. God said it's going to happen. 
period, end of story. And the option here is either repent, give up, throw up the white flag, follow God into this process of being humbled, into this process of being broken down so that he can make something new by which you will be saved or fight real hard and lose anyway. Because we're all going into captivity, guys. Like, that's not an option. We're all going to go through a fire. That is a guarantee. And just because we made great decisions, just because we prayed every morning, just because we have stood the test of faith, doesn't mean we're not going to go through a fire. Doesn't mean that we're not going to go through a struggle. Doesn't mean that all of our prayers are going to get answered the way that we think that they ought to. And I had, I just had this thought that we are, wherever we are, we are eternally at the beginning. What do I mean by that? God is eternal, right? We haven't reached like the middle of knowing God or the middle of understanding God or the middle of time with God. If God has no beginning and no end, he stretches on always. Like that's like saying we know precisely where the earth is within the expanse of the universe. I mean, we we know it's located like generally inside the Milky Way. We know that we're like we're like we're we're surrounded by certain things, but we can't measure the universe in distance. Oh, it ends this way and it ends this far that way. You can't measure God and say, you know, over the span of this time, we've come to know so much more about God that we're like we're like halfway through understanding him because he's eternal and unfathomable and we are finite and we have a begin date and we have an end date here on the earth. So we are eternally at the beginning of God and we are always learning and we are always growing. And so sometimes we feel like I've been saved all my life and you know, I prayed and, and God didn't do it. And I don't understand because I serve him and I love him. And it's like, yes, I've been saved all my life and I serve him and I love him. And I've made some dumb decisions, but I've given most of my life to the Lord, like pretty willingly. And I've followed him when he said to go, I've gone. And a lot of ways, a lot of places I haven't, but there was a point in time where that developed pride in me. And do you know what God said to me? I'm gonna let you go through this real big mistake that you're going to make. Because you feel like you've gotten to the middle of me and you feel like you've understood me enough that you can kind of get a grip on who I am and what I do and how I do it. So let me just rock your world and you're going to make a decision that you never thought you would have the audacity to mess up and make and you're going to do it and you're going to be humbled through it and you're going to remember that I have no beginning and I have no end and you can't understand me. And just because you've been a good person doesn't mean that you come close to who I am. And that might sound mean, (laughs) like, you know, like we wouldn't want someone to say that to us. And yet we forget that the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are above our ways. And he will humble us. He will allow circumstances to arise, to break us down. So that he can fix a thing in the very, very, very deepest parts of us. And you know what he said to the Judeans? He said, here's everything I've spoken to Jeremiah. It's written in a book. 
for the next, I think, 15 years. Because when he wrote them all down, there were still years to go before captivity. And he said, you might be saved if you read this word. You might read it, see the error of your ways, realize that what I said is going to happen is going to happen. Believe me. And if you believe me, trust me. And if you trust me, surrender. And if you'll do that, this process will not be as difficult. If I had, in my own life, sought the word, because there is a word that has been written for us to read and live by. And if I had, in my own situation, sought the word, I still would have been humbled because I was in the wrong. But it wouldn't have been so publicly. It wouldn't have been so humiliating. And I probably wouldn't have made such a bad mistake if I had really sought his word and applied his word to my life, but I didn't. Instead, I thought, I can handle this situation on my own and I won't make the mistake. That is impending. I'll, I'll handle this how I see fit. And a lot of times we do that. We think, I've got this under control and I'll handle it as I see fit. And God will allow those things which we think we can control to spiral out of our control so that we can be in a place where we can be humbled. And let me tell you, I never want to have to go through it that way again. And I know that when Judah fell and when that king who had never stood up for anything, when he was captured, when he, when he had to watch his servants, his children, his sons murdered in front of him and then had his eyes popped out, I guarantee you he wished, at least in that moment, that he had just surrendered. That he had had the courage to surrender. Because you know what? It takes courage to surrender. So for those of us who are praying for somebody, and we're praying for something that we think ought to happen or makes sense to happen or could happen, should happen, and we're wondering why things aren't quite going the way that we would like for them to. I pray and I hope that we will have the insight to pray for their courage because it's a scary thing. It really and truly is a scary thing to give up, to surrender, to believe that what we think we can handle on our own, we actually can't. But God can. And I mean, like you're surrendering to a process of being humbled. And oftentimes we think we can put it off. We think that it's not necessary. It's very necessary. And so sometimes we pray and ask God to change something or do something. And we see in our own very limited sight and understanding a way that seems right. And if it could just happen this way, that would be great. And when it doesn't happen that way, we can question God. And we wonder, how come you just didn't do what I asked? How come we're still dealing with this? How come this is still an issue? And it's because God is putting pressure on the places that need to break. And it's going to eventually have to fall apart. So that he can create something new from all the broken pieces. We can either surrender to the pressure that he's putting, surrender 
to the breaking and let it be done with care or we can be bullheaded like I was and like a lot of us are and press forward thinking, I got this, I have it under control and eventually find ourselves broken anyway. So in two parts, maybe you are the one who's pressing forward, trying to resist the inevitable, knowing that the way that you've been going is not right. And, and knowing that you've been trying to make it happen in your own strength, because you really, really, really don't want to go through the process that it's going to take to be refined through the fire. And I would tell you the same thing that Jeremiah told the people of Judah. Listen, the, the end of this rebellion, the end of this way that you think you can treat God, way that you think God is going to handle the situation, how you think he's just going to let you act a fool. Yeah, there's an end to that. You, you've been arrogant long enough. You've been prideful long enough. You've tried to carry the weight on your own long enough and um, surrender. Surrender and lay that thing down and humble yourself before the mighty hand of God because he has plans for you and he's going to allow you to be broken but he's going to fix you and he's going to make you better than you were before. And if you don't surrender, just hang in there because that, that wave is coming regardless. There will be an end to it. You know, God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And the words of Jeremiah ring true for anybody who is running and thinking that they are escaping. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> he has no beginning and no end. You're not escaping him. You're not out of his sight. And he definitely cares. You might think that you're not important to him, but you are. And what you're going through is important to him. And the decisions that you're making don't just affect you. They affect everybody that's connected to you and the generations ahead of you, just like Abraham. And even though he didn't see his promise, so maybe you're one who knows that you've been praying for a thing and you're not seeing it work out the way that you think it ought to work out, if you will trust and know that God is sovereign and that he sees things differently than we see them and that he is the only one who was able to reach down and into the root of a thing and change it from the inside out and even though it feels like man God I really wish you would have handled it this way I really wish it would have been done this way you can trust and know that he has the best in mind and when he is done working and he is faithful to complete that which he began, right? So one day when he gets done, when he is finished with this process, that it will be better than what you could have hoped for or what you could have prayed for or any expected end that you had in mind. Because the things that seem right to us, the things, they don't, they lead to destruction. They don't lead to what God really has planned and purposed for us. So whichever side of that prayer you're on, if you're the one who's praying or if you're the one who was getting chased down by the goodness of God, chased down by the mercy of God, which doesn't always feel like mercy because it's going gonna, it's gonna to catch you and it's going to save you from making a decision that's going to really wreck you and destroy your life. Whatever side of that prayer you're on, um, just know that God is sovereign and that he can be trusted 
and that it's okay if things don't always look how we think they ought to look because we are finite and God is not. God is outside of time. God is outside of our understanding and you can trust him. That was on my heart to share with my all the things peeps today. Thanks for hanging in there. This was a doozy and I just had to talk it out and get it out of my brain and out of my heart and out somewhere that maybe somebody could benefit from it. So love you much. I'm going to go do all the mommy things now as I hear them calling my name and screaming. Either Those are either screams of joy or screams of terror. So I'll let you guys know maybe next time. Thanks for joining me on All The Things.